Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Laguna Biatch. I am so excited that you're tuning in. Thank you so much for doing it. Thanks for tuning in every week. Um, The end of May, I am going to be a little MIA just because I'm moving, so I might have to miss a week. Um, I just want to give you a heads up with that. So today, we're going to talk about the season finale of season one, which means next week we get into season two, which means we're probably going to have more guests from Laguna. Season one has been great to me. You know, the cast members have been nothing but nice. But the season one cast is a little more quiet. They're a little quieter and, you know, don't really want to talk about their experience, which is fine. Totally understand. Whatever. They need to do their thing. And I will not bug them because (laughs) sometimes I feel like I get really annoying. But season two, we should have some more guests and it'll be fun. It'll be really exciting. So today, like I said... Season one finale, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the Free Britney movement. A couple people asked me to address that, and then we get to talk about Taylor Swift, which, other than Laguna and my cat, is probably my favorite thing to talk about, and the fact that I was able to meet her, I'll talk about the whole thing. A lot of people asked a lot of questions, so I am excited to talk about that, but I won't won't speed through the episode, I promise you. (laughs) So the episode starts off with a big dramatic montage of all the drama that has happened throughout senior year for Elsie. As we all know, there was a lot of Kristen Stephen Elsie drama, and that's pretty much what it focuses on. You know, it's a lot of um, Kristen and Stephen fighting, and then Stephen mouthing I love you to her in Cabo, and yeah, that's kind of it. But then there were also some funny parts, but it was mostly drama. And near the end, Elsie goes, I'll miss everything about Laguna. Well, not everything. And then it shows Kristen saying, I hate Lauren, which is great editing. I love that editing. Um, There are a lot of really good, like, conversations in this episode. I'm not going to change my voice for each character, but I hope you guys get it. (laughs) I wrote, like, five pages of notes because of how many good conversations there were. The episode actually starts up with Lauren meeting up with Steven at the beach, who is, of course... Doing what? We all know what he's doing. He is skimboarding, the skimboarding king of the world. But this time, he like goes into a wave and does a front flip, which was actually really cool. I wish that he did more front flips throughout the season. I think that would have really helped me be more interested in skimboarding. It's okay. I got one. I got one front flip, so that's really all I need. So Steven and Elsie are just kind of sitting there and Steven tells her that she needs to tan. And then Steven starts reminiscing about first grade when the girls said he had cooties and there was no way that any girls wanted to hang out with him. Stuff like that, which I don't know, is kind of weird. But right after he mentions the cooties thing, Lauren goes, it's okay, Steven, you still have cooties. And she does her smile where she sticks her tongue out between her teeth a little, which she does around boys that she likes. Or when she thinks she's really funny. That's when Lauren puts her tongue out a little and like bites on the tip of it and smiles. Just little things I've noticed since I've watched so many of these episodes so many times. Steven seems like he's having a really tough time leaving. And I think one of the producers, I can't remember um, which one, they mentioned that Steven was actually really emotional and he didn't like being on camera that much. He, He felt like... He was really sensitive. That's what they said. He was sensitive, not emotional. He was really sensitive. They're still kind of talking and Steven's like, I'm so excited to have you and Sam Fran with me. And, you know, they're talking about how all these other people will meet their friends, new friends up there. And Steven will be like, me and Lauren up in Sam Fran or whatever. So 
The plan is for these two to hang out a lot in San Francisco because they're both really nervous to be moving so far away, which which I can get. But remember last episode, Dieter said, don't lean too heavily on Elsie, which I totally agree with. Like, make your own friends. And obviously, it's just nice to have, like, a comfort. So this episode is really Steven heavy, which I think is interesting because obviously Elsie's the narrator. So the next scene is actually Steven turning in his keys to surf and sport. That's sad. I can, I don't know. That kind of like got to me a tiny little bit. But he hands his keys in and then he was like, keep my position open. And the guy who ran it told him that um, Christmas time he could come back and work, which I think is cool. You know, I didn't go away to college, but I know a lot of people who went to school would come back like Thanksgiving break and work and then Christmas break as well. So after that little emotional time, it is bonfire time. And we all know if there is a bonfire, there's going to be drama, right? This one's not too dramatic. There's not too much drama. The The most drama there is is Kristen tries to um, hit Elsie with a football, but it doesn't hit her. You actually see it roll and hit the back of Jem Bunny's chair. So good shot, Kristen. It's okay you didn't hit Elsie. And then... Lo is trying to make a hot dog, and this is pure comedy. Like, I forgot how funny the scene was. I recorded it, and Y2K Me is going to edit it up for me, so it'll be on the page soon. But my God, is this funny. She, like, picks it up, and she goes, ah, what is this? And Steven walks over, and he's like, yeah, those are hot dogs. Lo says, want to make me one because I don't know how to? (laughs) And then Steven goes, you high maintenance little bitch. (laughs) Some poor man's going to marry you someday. (laughs) And Lo's like, my husband will love me for who I am. And then Steven says, of course, I'll make you a wiener. And like they have a weird little moment. She's like, what would you just say? And then she's like, oh, a wiener, a hot dog. Like, that's funny. And I feel like that's the only real like Steven and Lo scene we get until season two, episode one, where she's like, Stevie baby. (laughs) But it's a cute little scene. It'll be up on the page um, sometime this week. So look out for that. And then the sun goes down. So it's a lot calmer. No more trying to hit Elsie with a football. Just everyone sitting around drinking their water bottles full of vodka. Just kidding. I don't know if they're full of vodka, but I'm going to assume they're full of vodka. And Kristen, I mean, Christina says, can you guys believe this is the last time we'll all be together? And then Kristen goes, yep, I can. Like, that's funny. Like, Kristen is funny. And I feel like on her show now, she tries so hard to be like a boss ass bitch. But just be funny. Like, you're a funny person. You have great one liners. Trust yourself, Kristen. Nobody needs to see you be mean to your employees to know that you're a boss. Anyway, that was my very cavalier side corner real quick. So they all talk about how they'll still keep in touch. And Steven says he feels a reunion coming with this group. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, a five-year or a 10-year reunion or a 15-year reunion. Like, yeah, there will be a reunion. But I think there should be a Laguna Beach reunion in 2019. Have the whole cast just come to my apartment in Nashville and I'll make it work. Okay, guys? So you're all welcome to come to my apartment, the whole cast, Um, it's really small, but we'll make it work. So that's an open invite to any cast member who wants to be a part of this reunion that I'm faking right now. (laughs) Kristen says, um, Steven and I went to look at rings and then Christina's like, oh, are you engaged? And they all kind of joke about it. And then Kristen walks away. She doesn't like finish the story at all, but Elsie definitely hated it. Like she hated that moment. 
And I was incorrect, by the way. This is when the sun is down fully. Stephen calls Trey just to say hey and that he misses him, which I think is like a really sweet thing. And then he has, you know, the whole little group get on the phone so they can say that they miss Trey as well. And he left him a voicemail and he said, call me late. Like that's how he ends the phone call. He just says late. And I'm very jealous because that's cool. And I'm going to start doing that. That's how I'm going to sign off the end of every podcast now. All right. Thank you for tuning in late. And then it's just going to end like that. Um, Morgan brings up, we should do email, which cracks me up like an email chain of everybody just talking about their, you know, days or whatever. I guess they obviously didn't have like texting, really. They definitely didn't have group chats. And I think MySpace was probably just starting. But I just I can imagine like everybody on an email chain and then you open your inbox and see you have like 120 emails from people and you just have to click, read, click, read, click, read. Like there's no I don't think there'd be like easy way to scroll. Maybe there would be. I don't know. I, I I guess you could just scroll from like the top email. Whatever. That's technical. We're not going to get into it now. But <laughs> but like an email chain of just how everyone's doing. That's actually pretty sweet. Does anybody want to get on an email chain with me? Because I'm totally down. (laughs) So Kristen and Steven leave first and then, you know, everyone kind of packs up and Morgan says she definitely wants to move back here. And as they're, you know, packing up all their stuff, you hear Lo going, the bubble's breaking, the bubble's breaking. And one thing I want to comment on are the bonfire like bowls that they have on the beach. I have never seen anything like that. I don't know if it's like a West Coast thing or what, because in Massachusetts, we don't have those on the beach. Like they don't want us to have fires on the beach ever. So seeing that was actually super cool. And when I went to Laguna and saw them in person, I was like, wow, I love these. And Callie and I wanted to do a bonfire one night, but it just didn't work. But it was cool. And I think those are a great idea. And I think everyone should get behind it. So we should all call our senators and say we want cement bonfire bowls at our beaches. Let's do stuff that matters, guys. So Steven and Kristen are packing, and Kristen predicts that Lauren's going to hate college. She just doesn't think it's going to be easy for her to make friends and all this stuff. And Steven just kind of brushes that aside. He's too busy marking up the boxes of what they are. And Steven says that Trey really loves college. He's a little weirded out by all the people in New York City, but he really does love college. And Kristen says she thinks that Morgan's going to love college. So this is like some Morgan love. We we all know how I feel about Morgan. I think she's great. And I think that she got done a little dirty and boring and all that crazy stuff. But Steven's like, yeah, she adapts really well because she didn't come until middle of high school and everybody loves her like that type of thing. And so she's really friendly, Kristen adds. So we know that Trey and Morgan are going to do fantastic at college, but Elsie is not, according to Kristen. So it seems like Steven is really, really nervous about leaving. He talks about how at orientation he was like tripped out because there were so many different people and how he's lived in Laguna his whole life and and all that stuff, which I totally get. And he's a big fish in a small pond. Like obviously he's a little bit nervous to, to leave that security blanket. But Kristen reminds him that all the freshmen all want to make friends. So so don't be nervous. And I give her a lot of credit for being like so mature about this. You know, I feel like if I had a boyfriend who was going away to college, I wouldn't be like so open about the fact he's probably going to hook up with other people and stuff. I guess it's just reality. But damn, girl. Next scene is, of course, the iconic rooftop scene where Kristen and Steven sit on top of Kristen's car and kind of, you know, talk about it. The fact that Steven's leaving 
and all this stuff. Um, it's tough. It's it's kind of I feel like it's kind of tough to watch because it's such an intimate moment. And I felt kind of uncomfortable watching it, again, just because it's so intimate. And they talk about their first date, and I don't remember what restaurant they said they went to, but Stephen admitted to being really nervous, and Kristen said she was super nervous too. And Stephen asks, what would happen in your perfect world? Kristen's response is, we would be together when you came back. You wouldn't hook up with any girls. I wouldn't hook up with any guys. And he says, then don't hook up with any guys. And she goes, then don't hook up with any girls. And they kind of have like a moment where they're like, well, Kristen's like, it would be so much easier for you to hook up with someone because if I hook up with someone, you're going to find out in an hour. Steven kind of just gets quiet because it's the truth. And they have the, what are we? And Kristen says, what are we, broken up, on a break? And he's like, not on a break. And then he goes, I guess together with an open relationship. So weird. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's so bizarre. I don't know. Did people do that in 2005? (laughs) I don't know. I just, I feel like this conversation is really weird and really adult. Because like I said, I think in the last episode I said it. I feel like most of my friends who had college boyfriends just stayed with them and till they found out that their boyfriend was cheating on them, basically. That type of thing. Not like, we're going to be open and we're going to be together when you come back, but when we're not together, when I don't see you in person, then we're not together. I don't know. To me, that seems almost more unhealthy. Obviously, cheating's very unhealthy. I don't know. It just seems really messy. So Kristen ends up asking Stephen, are you going to hang out with Lauren? And then know what this asshole says? Like, Stephen was clearly not thinking because he goes, I don't know. I mean, in my apartment, I'm going to be super lonely. And Kristen's face looks at him like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> like, Kristen's ready to throw down. Not really, but she looks kind of pissed. And I mean, that's kind of a fucked up answer. And then, you know, Stephen's like, that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. I'm going to I'm going to just like walk out my apartment and try and check out the city by myself and the whole time it's actually really sweet you can tell Steven's like blinking away tears and like all that so it's it's tough scene and it is really intimate like I feel like that camera obviously they had more conversations off screen I'm sure but that that scene was tough to watch in my opinion the next scene is Steven heading out to San Fran he says bye to his dad Bruce And then he's in his car and he's out of there. And it just shows him, you know, driving away from the town and a couple little landmarks. So the next scene is like a 15 second scene between Kristen and Talon. Because remember, we have to be reminded that Talon is in the storyline somehow. (laughs) I feel like he's barely in season one, but of course he's big in season two. So I think the producers kind of knew something was going to happen with him. So Talon kind of asks her, like, what are you guys? And she says they're in an open relationship, but there's no one else she wants to hook up with. That That's simple. And you could see Talon be like, oh, damn. Like, I thought I'd hook up with you again or whatever. So then Morgan and Christina say goodbye to each other. And Christina's like, I'll visit you. I'm going to visit you before Thanksgiving. Don't worry. Morgan says, you know, who's going to replace you? And Christina says, nobody. <laughs> nobody's gonna replace me Morgan so get that out of your head but these two are still super close they were in each other's weddings and you'll see them like comment on each other's Instagrams here and there which I think is really sweet and then we have Lo saying goodbye to Lauren she you know she leaves comes back leaves comes back but Elsie is packing with Jen and Caitlin who is from the mammoth episode in season two and Jen Bunny 
says, do you know how much clothes is three months worth? And LC goes, have you ever heard of a washer machine, Jen? And then Jen, of course, admits that she's never done laundry, which I don't think is very surprising. And Lo comes back again and asks for Lauren's Gucci bag. Lauren says, your Louis Vuitton is fake, so don't get me started. Like, don't come at her about fake purses when you got a fake purse, bitch. <laughs> but Lo and LC, they share a hug and fall back into, you know, a neatly folded pile of clothes. And then it is um, time for LC to leave. It's time for her to go to the airport. It's time for the Kirsten and Sandy Cohen of Laguna Beach to bring them or bring their daughter to the airport. And it's a sweet moment. I mean, Elsie's wearing like a short sleeve white shirt with some bell bottom or flared jeans and a scarf because that really pulls your pulls the um, outfit together. <laughs> but it's a nice scene. Oh, this is a nice scene. I've said that like over and over and over again, but it's a nice episode. This is a good way to wrap up season one, I think. Of course, I think it's a little weird. They don't have like Steven saying goodbye to Dieter or nothing to do with. Well, I guess that's really it. That's the only thing that was missing a little bit. But we all know Lauren lands and she's trying to find all of her stuff. You know, she's standing by the carousel and she picks up her big um, luggage and then leaves and walks out and who is there but Stephen. She will be loved as playing. Stephen is there smiling with his giant ass sunglasses resting on the top of his spiky hair and Lauren sees her Romeo and they hug each other and then Stephen helps her put her bag in the um, open bed of his truck and they drive away together and that is what we are left with before we get to season two. And I don't think we even knew there was a season two at this point. But yeah, we we're kind of left with the idea that Elsie and Steven are together. So bye, Kristen. And how awful is that? How awful did Kristen feel? She was like, you know, fuck production. <laughs> because obviously they're the ones who had all that set up. But I don't know. I think about that a lot. And I actually feel bad. I was like, Team Elsie, where she's like stealing Kristen's man, according to the show. But the whole time you're like, Kristen's mean. She doesn't deserve Steven. When in reality, like 17 year old Steven didn't deserve either of those girls. <laughs> so, yeah, that wraps it up for season one. Of course, it's an amazing season, but I'm so excited to get into season two. I cannot tell you how excited I am to talk about this and, you know, what guests I'll be able to grab to be on um, the podcast to talk about their experience. I will say there is one more Very Cavallari guest, I believe, that I've spoken with, and they're going to be on within the next few weeks. I'm trying to wait until I move, but I don't know if Very Cavallari will be over by the time I move, so... Hopefully it's not. Hopefully it all works out. And even if Very Cavalry is over, we can still talk about it a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to talk. Actually, before I get into Free Britney and my Taylor story, somebody asked me my skincare routine. And honestly, I don't really do much. I use like a Clearasil blackhead scrub thing. and Or Clean and Clear, not Clearasil. Clean and Clear blackhead scrub. Sometimes I use St. Ives to exfoliate and then do the blackhead scrub. And then I have some Neutrogena um, lotion that I put on sometimes and use my jade roller sometimes. I'm really bad with skincare, honestly. I also sometimes use a filter, so that helps. (laughs) 
But that skincare routine with Kelly, she doesn't really know what she does. She just makes sure she uses her clean and clear blackhead scrub thing because I get really bad blackheads. They're they're really bad. So if you guys don't know about the Free Britney movement, it was a I think it's a podcast and they got a call saying Britney was being held at a mental facility against her will. Basically, her family made her do it and she didn't want to do it. But, you know, with the conservatorship, it doesn't matter. She has to do what her family says. And it's just been a lot of different things. And then all of a sudden, Britney's like, I'm fine. Please stop spreading lies that I'm not okay. Which I think's weird. Like, I think her posts are very strange. I think they're very forced right now. Because her team's trying to clean up all this mess that has been leaked to the media. Or that has the media kind of questioning what's Britney's real health right now. Mental health right now. Honestly, I haven't really commented on it. Because I feel like... We've known Britney has been pushed a lot in her life. I think that Britney has been used as a cash cow for her family for her entire life. And it's really sad. I mean, her mom wrote a book about raising her and then said she lost her virginity at 14 to an 18-year-old. Like, why would you write that about your daughter? We don't need to know that. That's very personal, Lynn. And I th- I think that that this time people are taking it a little too far, maybe, about the conservatorship. And I know next month there is going to be a court hearing about it, which I think is great. It definitely should be checked. You know, if something's not right, obviously it should be corrected. But I think I think this is almost turning into a Britney 2007. Not saying she's going to do that, but I don't know really how to put it into words. I just think people need to back off a little bit. And she has her, you know, the the court hearing next month. And and maybe she did need a, to go to a mental health place to, like, get a little checkup. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe she didn't feel great. Maybe she, it was her choice to go. I just, I feel like Brittany has not had it the easiest in the public eye. And I remember she said somewhere that she doesn't like to do interviews because the news has always been against her. Which I totally agree with. The news loves to tear her apart. I just think that you can just kind of hope for the best with her and you hope that her family isn't treating her this way. And we got enough, or we, I'm saying we like I had anything to do with this, but there's been enough attention on it and now they're going to court next month. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of of things that come from social media that aren't great. And I think that the free Britney movement is important, especially if she's not being taken care of correctly. But I also feel like it's not my place to talk about it because I'm not in her family, basically. I think that the thing that made Britney most upset where she wanted to get on her Instagram and talk was that people were attacking Jamie Lynn Spears. And Britney loves her little sister a lot. Like she talks about how she is super close with Jamie Lynn. So I think that kind of pushed Britney over the edge a little bit and was just like, stop, just stop. So I don't know. I guess I'm I'm very on the fence about it. I think if you watch the X Factor, like Britney Britney's not who Britney was before 2007, before her conservatorship, I guess. But I think it's time. I'm going to put my own feelings on this. I think it's time for Britney to retire, 
to move to Louisiana and to raise her boys. I know she probably can't just move to Louisiana because Kevin Federline lives in California and unfortunately she has kid with him, two kids with him. No, I'm just kidding. She said like the only good thing about that marriage was the fact she got her boys. So she can't totally leave, but I think she should just, you know, take a break, take a step back and just live her fucking life for once. And I think everyone should stop being in her business so much. And that's just my opinion. Obviously, everyone's going to have their own opinion. If you think that, you know, it's important to talk about her conservatorship, totally, like, do that. But just remember that she is a real person. And, you know, her family are real people. And even if they're not the best people, that's their daughter, that's their sister, that's their mom. I mean, her kids are going to read all this shit one day and... It's not going to be easy, and I honestly feel like right now we need to leave Britney alone. That's how I feel. Chris Crocker, that shit. Leave Britney alone. So those are my thoughts on the Free Britney movement. I hope that something gets done. I hope that maybe she gets some more freedom because she's been under this for like 10 years now. I guess we'll have to wait and see. So on a lighter note, let's talk about my Taylor Swift experience. And I have to say, so many of you messaged me saying how happy you were for me, and that just means so much. Like, I know I was annoying that day and I'm still annoying about it. It was what four days ago now, but I still just want to talk about it. Like I don't want to bug bug my friends too much about it, but I just want to talk about it all day, every day. <laughs> but at 630 that morning, that Thursday morning, somebody leaked to a um, group like a Nashville group. Someone who works for the news said, you know, Taylor's showing up on a mural between nine and noon. We don't know what time exactly, but she'll be there between 9 and noon, and she's doing a little appearance there and just get there. So I ended up going into work, and then I told my boss, you know, I had to do something, and I went down to the mural. Um, I got there at 8.45. There were only probably 20 to 30 people there by the time I was there, and we all just stood there kind of guessing. Nobody knew what was happening. Kelsey Montague I think her last, I think that's how you pronounce her last name. She's the one who painted the mural and people were asking her, you know, is Taylor coming? Is Taylor really coming? And she's like, I don't even know if Taylor's involved in this. She said, I was hired by ABC to paint this mural and they told me that the person liked cats, she liked rainbows, she liked flowers, and they were butterfly wings. So it was all kind of Kelsey's own interpretation of it. Or at least that's what she told the crowd, like obviously... She could have known. I don't know. But she told she was just there to clean up the mural and that's that. So throughout the day, like a lot more people start showing up. There's probably like 200 people in, and it's a small parking lot. Like it's not a big area whatsoever. So all of a sudden, you know, you see kind of a couple security guys lurking around and they one thing that they did probably half hour 45 minutes before Taylor showed up is they moved all of the news cameras to behind the crowd. So it could be what I'm guessing. Taylor wanted it to be like a fan event. She didn't want cameras in her face or anything like that. And then she announced on her story that she was coming and the whole crowd was like flipping out like, holy shit, she's actually really coming. And when she showed up, she only had like four security guards around her and the crowd was crazy. (laughs) You know, when she right when she got up, people are like in her face for selfies and she's so calm and cool. She's like, cool. Yeah, we'll do selfies like whatever. She's really good like that, I guess. Well, I'm not gonna say I guess because she probably took over 100 selfies. But she walked up and walked through the crowd and then she, you know, took a couple pictures by 
her mural, leaning against it. And you see her kind of look around at the crowd and she goes, okay. And then she just started at one end and just moved. She just took phones, took pictures. And if it was like a big group of people, she stood up and held her arms way out so as many people could be in the selfie as possible, which I thought was really awesome. And someone, some the woman who was with her, I don't know if it's her tour manager, I don't know who it was, but she said something to Taylor about like, you need to hurry. And she goes, I'm taking pictures with my fans. Like you heard her just say it like that. So right before, if you see me in any of the videos or like the background of the pictures, I look so serious because I am trying not to freak the fuck out. Like I, I love Taylor Swift. I've loved her since before I had my license. I downloaded Tim McGraw off LimeWire. Like I have loved her for a really long time. And the other day, like earlier in the week, I was joking about how moving to Nashville would have no point if I don't meet Taylor Swift. So now I can move home. No, I'm totally kidding. I'm staying here for a while. But she was like two or three people down from me. And I was like, fuck, like, how's this going to work? Like, how are we going to get this picture? I know I'm up a little higher. But I noticed some girl like handed her a ring and goes, you know, I I think you'll like, I hope you like this ring. I thought of you or whatever she said. I don't know her exact words. But Taylor just slid the ring right on her finger and goes, thank you so much. I love this. Like, like a fucking pro. She just was like, yeah, thank you so much. So then she gets to me <laughs> and I am trying everything in my power to muster up the courage to tell her that her music means anything to me. You know, she comes over, she looks at me and she's like, hi. And she takes my phone and I am shoved so hard against that fence like I have triple d boobs and they were inverted because I was just like pushed so hard against the fence and as she handed the phone back to me I looked at her I'm like your music means so much to me like I I finally got words out you know and she looked at me and she just goes thank you so much for saying that I really appreciate it and she's just so fucking calm and there's so much chaos and obviously she's a pro she can do this with her eyes closed at this point, but it was insane. And a lot of people wanted to know what she smelled like. And I didn't smell anything. She's just a beautiful person. And yeah, so that's my Taylor experience. She is incredible to her fans. And Callie was like, why do you think she didn't have a lot of security? And I was like, because if anyone tried to hurt Taylor, they would have had to deal with 200 Swifties. So that's why. But she was there for over an hour. I ended up leaving after we took our picture. I think I stayed a little bit longer just because she was near me and I wanted to like stare at her. (laughs) But she ended up going back to take, you know, pictures with people. She wanted to take as many selfies as possible, sign autographs. But I ended up leaving shortly after my picture. And then the next day, my boss said I, you know, I sent her an email saying, I think you'll appreciate this. And she ran over and my boss was like, honestly, if you didn't go, I would have been mad for you because I know how much you love Taylor Swift. So that's my Taylor story. I'm going to talk about it for many years to come. I can't wait to tell my grandchildren about it. (laughs) But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And next week, we're going to get into season two of Laguna.